When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. And 
is victory. One more time, say it. I know. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to One Ministries Podcast. This week's message, entitled, Auditioning for Your Next Assignment, is perfect for every situation. Listen now as Pastor Tillman dives into the text and grants you useful insight that can be applied to your life today. Thank you. Hope you enjoy the message. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thank you, those of you who are listening to our One Ministries podcast. Um, we are praying for you. We, we're grateful to you. Our listenership has been growing, and it cannot happen without you. This week, we are continuing in um, the book of Exodus, chapter 17. The book of Exodus, chapter 17. We're going to end this chapter, and we're going to um, talk about uh, auditioning for the assignment. Auditioning for the assignment. Verse 9, it reads, And Moses said to Joshua, I mean, verse 8, excuse me. It reads, Then came Amalek and fought against Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him. Fought Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. It came to pass when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. Set, he sat on the stone, and Aaron and her stayed up his hands, the one on one side and one on the other. And, the other, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, and Joshua disconfronted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it. In the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out of the remembrance of Amalek from under the heavens. And Moses built an altar and called it Jehovah Nisi. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Lord God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for these, your people. I pray that in these next few moments that you would get the glory out of what is said and that it will give us fuel to continue to go forward as we understand that the battle is not ours, but the battle belongs to you. Uh, as I have been reading and I've, I've preached this particular text before and I just want to show you all how the Bible is a living organism in the fact that you can uh, view a text and see something one time and get back to it and, and, and see it entirely different at another point. In particular when I first preached this text, 
it was always about leadership and supporting leaders. It's a good text for you pastors who are listening, young pastors, young ministers. As one of teamwork, you see Moses is leading the battle and he's talking to a young Joshua. He sends Joshua into the battle while Moses, who just came out of this mental battle with the Egyptians, sits on the top of the mountain and you see the sub-leaders holding up his hand while they are down there entrenched in battle. That was sophomoric approach to the text, one that will um, only look at a temporary leadership model that is broken now. And as we have evolved in our thought processes and as we have continued to develop, we realize that there was a whole lot more going on in the text than Moses and leadership. We're introduced now by name to a, 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 a man named Joshua. And in context, for those of you who study your Bible, I will write this down. Um, if you're going to do proper study of Scripture, if you're going to really understand how to apply the Scriptures to your life, you have to always look at the text from its historical context, which means what is the history of the text saying to me? From a grammatical context, which meaning, which which entails the grammar, um, the language that I, I will interpret on my own. And in this case of um, Old Testament, it's Hebrew. And in literal interpretation of the text, are these literal people, or, or, or is the message literally for us in this day and time? And how does these things mesh with one another? I'm getting somewhere. Help me. Give me a few moments. I'll get there. And when we, I said that to say historical context of the text doesn't lean for me to look at this text as just simple leadership, pulling out leadership qualities or leadership models. It can be used for that, but in a biblical context, um, that might not necessarily be the thing that necessarily jumps out at me anymore in the text. My eyes have been conditioned to see certain things in a broader sense, but still narrow. Not my imagination. <laughs> so when I look at the text now, I see Moses and I understand because I'm looking at it from a mindset point of view. I see Moses just getting out again of this mental battle of his life. He starts off the text complaining about the lament of his people. They, in chapter 16, were drinking water. You can go back to the um, last two weeks of message and hear that. I, I, I had the food in chapter 16. The, the quail came out of the ground. The manna rained down from heaven. I don't like the food, chapter 17. They now are complaining because they're thirsty and they're threatening to stone Moses. Keep that in the historical context 
and the text. We can't isolate that from what's going on because all of these things that are happening are real. And it's just like the enemy. When you get out of a battle, now you're fighting with your family. You're fighting with the people that 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 supposed to be supporting you. And instead of support, you get a fight. And this is what Moses' is real contention is. This is what's going on as the people, the Bible said, chide with Moses. Moses is afraid for his life, not from the Israelites, I mean, not from the Egyptians, excuse me, but from his own kinfolk, the Israelites, that he just rescued, and by his hand, miracles came forward. When you are ministering and helping people, what you do for them today might not necessarily stay into their mental Rolodex tomorrow. Because a part of our depraved nature is that we are ingrateful or ungrateful. Is that we have short-term memory losses, memory lapses. We forget that somebody helped us and we're living in the moment. We always live in the now. We always live in the moment. And in those moments that we live in, we, we feel when we're not getting our way in that moment and at that time, that is not good enough. Moses now leaves from the mental battle of Egypt into almost a physical battle with his own people where they were threatening stone and with rocks as they questioned his integrity. Why did you bring us out here? Did you bring us and the cattle out here to die earlier in chapter 17? And now he has a war. This nation who had been enslaved is now walking through the wilderness, runs into a nation who is already established and wants to punk the Israelites in the wilderness. They're bullies, this bully nation sees this teetering nation on this journey and instead of giving them a pass they pick on them isn't that like the enemy when you seem to be teetering and when you seem to be wobbled when you seem to be falling when you seem to be in your corner waiting to get your breath now here comes another fight ah that's how life sets you up but the fight one is fixed Two, the fight is to let you know that you can fight. See, you don't know that you can fight until you've been into a fight. You don't, you don't know that you can actually make it until you are challenged to make it. You don't know that you can actually stand until you're forced to stand. And what God does is that he allows us to get in positions and he allows us to get in situations that he can show us what resolve we have inside of us that we know that the fight is already fixed and that we're prepared for the battle. I'm talking to somebody who's listening and I'm letting you know that you are already prepared for the battle that you're going into to become out victorious. You think it's going to take you out, but all it is doing is setting you up for your next level of understanding. See, because when God reveals himself to us, he does not reveal himself to us in his wholeness. He doesn't reveal himself to them um, as 
the one who fights the battle. He revealed himself as protector. He revealed himself as provider. But this next bet, this next fight, this next level, God will reveal himself to this nation as something different. Aren't you glad that the God you serve is layered, layered to the fact that he can always become whatever we need him to become when we need him to become it because that's how good God is. God is good not some of the time, but God is good all the time and all the time God is good. We are introduced again to this character Joshua. Joshua now is auditioning for his assignment. If you just look at it within the text, if you just looked at it passively, it says, verse 9, And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose out men and go out and fight. Doesn't give us any historical context as to why he chooses Joshua. Verse 10, and Joshua did as Moses had said to him. And anytime you see a name that's repeated in the text, it means that you should slow down. Here goes this name again. Verse 13, and Joshua discomforted Amalek and all of the people. And Moses, verse 14, and the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it to Joshua. I'm talking to somebody. I hope you catch this. I'm going to do it again. Verse 9, Moses said to Joshua, you go and choose me out some men. Let's sharpen your discernment because tomorrow we're going to fight. So Joshua has the responsibility now of choosing out men. The next day, Joshua gets up. Verse 10. Joshua did as Moses said unto him. Joshua begins to fight in verse 10. Verse 12. And Joshua won the fight with the edge of the sword. Verse 14. And the Lord speaks to Moses and say, write this down as a memorial I want you to rehearse it in Joshua's ear. What Joshua didn't understand and what many of us don't understand is that when God has his hand on us, he'll use us to get in the trenches to do the dirty work. It looked like Moses was setting up his leadership authenticity, that Moses and they were holding up his hands. And so to the untrained eye, it seems as if this is a great leadership model you have those adjutants and the leader sitting on a rock or standing up and he realizes that every time he holds his hand up that that the battle would turn and every time his hand would fall but no what is um the spirit is revealing to us deeper in the trenches is that joshua is now auditioning for a role joshua is auditioning for his next assignment and he didn't know it how can you say this to me preacher because we talked about the historical context of 
scripture interpretation. We have the ability to have 2020 when we come to these scriptures, and we already know that Joshua is the next in line for Moses. It's not Aaron. It's not her. It's not Lydia. It's Joshua who has already been assigned to lead the next generation. So we already have the snapshot. So we cannot isolate the fact that God had chosen Joshua. What we have to now inspect is when did the choosing begin? And if you start to notice in 17, as the tides are changing, as Israel is becoming a nation, this name is coming up. And I want to tell you that when you read the scriptures, the Bible says that God said that he'll make your name great in rooms, in private rooms. Your name is coming up. You're auditioning for positions that you didn't even realize that you were auditioning for. And just because you have the spirit of Joshua inside of you, the spirit of I'll do it, the spirit of readiness, the spirit to learn, the spirit of preparedness, that didn't come from you. That came from the thing that God placed inside of you before the foundation of the world. And what God now is doing is he's saying, Setting Joshua up as he puts him into high esteem before the people that he will soon lead. Watch how he sets him up. He makes him an authority. Verse 9. If I were writing this stuff down, I would write this down. The first thing he does in the audition is that he gives him authority. He uses the authority, Moses, to give who will be the next authority, Joshua, authority. You can't get authority for people, from people. Authority is assigned. And Moses is assigning Joshua authority without Moses and Joshua knowing it. See, because when God get in the midst of things, he will even make your enemies to start speaking well of your name, uh, to start highlighting the things that you do well. He'll make your enemy give you authority in the thing that he's calling you to have authority in. He'll make the management that is above you start assigning you roles that will put you in highlighted positions because you're auditioning for the next assignment. See, when you're auditioning for the next assignment, that comes with some ramifications. The first one is in verse 9. Again, the authority now highlights and gives Joshua authority. How does he do it? He says, Joshua, I want you to choose out men. If, in, if there's anybody in leadership who understands this, if there's anybody who's listening, who's seen this play out in your life, how people start to call on your name to do things, Joshua, I need you to choose out men. Joshua doesn't get upset. I need you to choose out men. I need you to go out and I need you to fight. I want you to choose the people that you're going to go fight with. Uh, he begins to give him leadership. So now Joshua has a crew. Verse 10, the second thing is the mindset. We look at the Israelites in verse 2, the same chapter 17, 
It said, and Israel chided with Moses. Israel fought against Moses. But we see that out of the nation of Israel, there was one. So Joshua did as Moses said unto him. When God is preparing you, and as you are auditioning for your next assignment, there's going to be things that he challenges us to do that we have to just do. We don't want to chide against what God has for us. We don't want to, we don't want to chide because we don't like the food. We don't want to chide because we don't like the quail. For in the season, our mindset has to be, as we're auditioning, for our next assignment, any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. This a mindset that I don't like the manner, but the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't like the quail and I'm tired of eating the quail. But in this season, if this is what God has for me and if I can praise him in the projects, if I can praise him while on food stamps, if I can praise him while I'm uh, I'm at a loss for words, if I can praise him while I'm weeping, if I can praise him in the midnight, sure enough, when the joy comes, sure enough, when he moves me to the penthouse, sure enough, when he gives me an overflow, sure enough, when he makes my business and establishes it and blesses the work of my hand, I won't forget where I came from because the last thing, and we'll get to that, I'm, I'm pressing a little fast, but 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 I, I, I have to say, and Naron did as he was told. Joshua did as Moses said unto him. And Joshua now fights a war. There was nowhere in text where we see Joshua preparing for war. Nowhere in text where we see Moses preparing the people for war. The war came on them. There's some battles that just comes on you. Then there's other battles that you bring on yourself. You got to learn how to discern, am I in a battle that picked me or did I pick the battle? And Joshua did as Moses said, and he fought. So the second thing is you got to be obedient. Number one, you have to... Be close to your leader so that your leader can choose you. You don't have to be close. God will put it in your leader's heart to choose you. Your name will come up. People will start speaking great of your name. Chooses you and puts you in authority. Number two, you have to be obedient. Stop looking at assignments as if somebody's trying to use you. Stop looking at assignments as if somebody's trying to use you. Third thing is that you got to go down and fight with the people. When you are auditioning, the way that you win over those that you will become leaders over, even in the natural, is that they got to see you as a one that can do and get the job done with them. We have 
mixed up with spiritual leadership look like. Jesus said, if you want to be great, then you got to learn how to serve. Notice in verse 13, Joshua is serving in the fight. It's the edge of his sword with the men that he chose. He didn't choose the man and stand in the back as a general. No, he chose the men and led the charge in the battle. If you're going to raise up people, they can't be the ones praying without you praying. If you're going to lead people, they can't be the ones serving without you serving. You got to learn how to serve with the people so that when your season comes, the work that you put in will service you. Uh, it's a flip. God will flip that thing. In the beginning, you got to get dirty. Your fingernails got to get dirty. And in the end, you can sit with your feet up. But too many times we want to sit with our feet up and we want to not get into the grind. And when things get hard, those who have never experienced hardship always retreat. But thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph that he takes us through the battles of hardship to prepare us for the victory, the glory on the other side. That's why he says stuff like, I reckon that the, 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 the trouble of your present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in you because God will glorify himself in you through the work of your hands. Aren't you glad that he knows how to glorify the work in you? Aren't you glad that he knows how to raise you up? I'm auditioning for my next assignment. And the thing is, I didn't even know that I was chosen. That's the great thing when God calls you. You don't know that he called you, but he sends you with the call on your life. Before your mother and your father met, God already called you to the assignment to the people that he has assigned for you to be assigned to. That's why he shook up those relationships that you were once in. That's why they overlooked you in your old circle so that this new circle can appreciate you. He has to sometimes pull us away from things in order to plant us into things. And at other times, he allows us to settle into things. And here he's settling Joshua into leadership. So Joshua's auditioning. First thing is that the leader, the authoritator, gives him authority. The second thing is that he's obedient to the call that he has to do. The third thing that he gets down into the fight. And the last thing, and this is the most important, that the Lord, verse 14, gives Moses instructions on how to mentor him to prepare him for the assignment. Notice now that God does not go to Joshua and speak to Joshua concerning the call on Joshua's life. But God does is he goes to Moses and he shows Moses how to handle Joshua and the call that Joshua has on his life. And he gives Moses a task. The task for the leader is to write this down in a book and then rehearse it 
to Joshua. All I need you to do is to give him accurate information. That's what the preacher's job is. My job is to give you accurate information and rehearse it in your ear so that you now can go out, Joshua, <laughs> and do the assignment that God has placed on your life. I can't do the assignment that God called you to. That's why One Ministries is not for everybody because we're raising Joshua's. We're raising leaders in industry. We're raising free thinkers. We're raising entrepreneurs. We're raising liberators. We're raising people that, 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 that won't live under the status quo. We're looking to raise up leaders. We're not looking to, to, to have pawns. We're, we're raising kings and queens. People that won't be intimidated by the task that's in front of them. People that won't mind getting down into the trenches to fight. We're transforming mindset. We're raising the tone. We're accelerating and moving forward. Doesn't matter that COVID hit. Doesn't matter what obstacles are in front of us. Doesn't matter what's happening. My job is to write it down and rehearse it into your ear so that you can go on your job and be Joshua. So that you can, in your house, raise up a standard so that you and your industry can be a thought leader. We're not competing. We're winning. And we're winning together. This is the formula of how the kingdom of God should work. Because we should stop looking at our contemporaries at the people that God has assigned us to as disobedient. We should stop looking at them as trying to take over our position. No, we should be empowering them to start their own stuff. We should be feeding them to do and to become the next them, not us. He didn't tell Moses to write down what Moses did. He said, I want you to write down what Joshua did, and I want you to rehearse it in his ear. Remind him when times get hard that the first battle that we ever had as a nation, you defeated. You won. The first time we ever got into the trenches, you went out. Encourage him. Don't discourage the people that are coming up behind us. I hate hearing messages. Yes, I said it. I hate hearing messages talking about this next generation don't know how to obey this next generation. Their, their, their assignment is not to be obedient to us. It is our assignment to meet them where they are and to show them and rehearse in their ears the thing that God has already equipped them with. We ought to be lifting them up instead of tearing them down. And when we get into the mindset of lifting instead of discouraging then we're doing our assignment. I don't know who I'm talking to. Is God is removing you and moving you from one level of audition to the next. I I, I like watching, uh, um, like The Voice and 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 and, and American Idol, and and they, they they would start out with 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 auditions, and and in the audition on The Voice, which um, uh, uh, one of my music mentors told me a story about a, a, a singer who really wasn't good, but she looked good. 
And when she sang, everybody was mesmerized. They thought by her voice. And legend has it, he told everybody in the room who wanted to sign her to a deal because he was listening with different ears. Tells them to turn around. And that beautiful voice, when it removed itself from the beauty of her prokutu, didn't sound as beautiful. So the voice now takes this model and they're not looking at the sound. They're rehearsing the sound and the tonality of the singer on the stage. The crowd can see the physical body, but the listener is listening to the voice. Ah. And they're rehearsing the melodic sound of the voice, and now they're making a determination. Can I use this voice to win the competition? I don't know if you're Moses and your voice needs to be in Joshua's ear, or if you're Joshua and you need to listen to your mentor Moses, but we're living out the voice. And what God is assigning Moses to do is to be the John Legend in Joshua's life. He wants Moses now to be the voice of reasoning, to remind Joshua of the victory that Joshua already gave. And he says, I want you to remind him, not only that, that the promise is, I'm going to remove the enemy that he wants fought. And my job is to remind you that God has already removed the enemy that you once fought. Even though every now and again, the enemy that once defeated you or once suppressed you or once made you feel inadequate might raise its ugly head. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. That's why what Moses do, does is important. Moses builds another altar. Oh, man, if I was at church, I'd tell you to touch your neighbor and say another altar. In after God brings the water from the rock, Moses builds the altar. But now after he wins the battle through the hands of Joshua and he's given instruction, he builds another altar. And he calls it Jehovah Nisi because the Lord has sworn to take out the enemy. I don't know what Jehovah is to you, but every now and again, he'll be Jehovah Shalom. He'll be Jehovah Rapha. He'll be the God of my peace, the God of my now. He's everything commingled for me co-equally at the same time. For, for Big Ma, he might have been bread when she was hungry, but for Jethro, he might have been a lawyer in the courtroom for 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 somebody else he's a doctor in the sick room but he's not a, only a lawyer in the courtroom he's a lawyer in the courtroom and a doctor in the sick room and food when i'm hungry and water when i'm thirsty all at the same time i'm so glad that i've experienced him to be my peace over troubled waters. I'm so glad that I experienced him to be my guide through the darkness of the shadow of death. I'm so glad that I experienced him to be 
my rose of Sharon. I'm glad that I experienced him to be a way maker out of no way. I'm glad that I experienced him to be a, a, a fighter in the middle of battles that I knew that I could not win. I'm glad that I experienced him to be a mind regulator so that when I testify to Joshua, I can say, Joshua, yeah, he brought you over the battle, but guess what? I went through similar battles just like you, and I'm telling you, don't give up when they start laughing at you. Don't give up when they start talking about you. Don't give up when they start looking at you crazy. Continue to fight because as you get through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil because he's with you. Joshua, his hand is on you. Joshua, he didn't just call you to fight against that 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 nation. He didn't just give you the victory. He's auditioning you for your next assignment. I want you to, as you walk throughout this week, as you go throughout this message, listen to it again, glean from it, continue to grow, continue to build, and it is my job to be Moses in your life. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm ready for the assignment. I got the word. I got everything that I need. I'm equipped with experience. I know what God is calling me to. I'm confident in what he's shown me. I, I, I've already built, and we're building again. I know that He, I can do it because I've did it before and I know that you can do it because God has connected us together not so that I can get the glory but so that he through me can glorify in you I don't know who I'm talking to but I know that the assignment that God has on your life is crucial don't throw in the towel don't you give up lift up your heads oh ye gates and the king of glory shall come in who is this king of glory the Lord God mighty in battle the Lord God Jehovah is the king of glory Jesus took some men with him these men didn't understand that they were auditioning Whew, thank you God for their next assignment takes them to the mountain he asks them to pray on the surface because they fell asleep it looked as if they failed the audition but we have the authority and the understanding that it was time for them to rest because three days from now The audition would be over and they would be drafted to lead the cause of regurgitating all that Christ had rehearsed to them. <sighs> Told them the Holy Ghost will bring back to your remembrance everything that I've already told you these men were sleeping and Christ said can you not pray with me go back and the sleep got even heavier and while they slept God dispatched an angel to minister to Christ to prepare his body for crucifixion ah 
he starts out in his own personal prayer, Lord, remove this bitter cup. And he ends up, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He goes and wake up these men who feel as if they failed the blind auditions. The audition is coming to a close as Peter curses out Christ as they identified him as one of the twelve. Runs, but he remembers that he was already told that he would do what he did. Brings him a little comfort that his mentor already seen that he would run out before the cop crawled three times. So I'm not I'm not that bad at at the job, even though I don't understand the assignment. And at the end of the book of Acts, it said, and these 12 men, when they got to the assignment, turned the world upside down. I don't know who, who I'm talking to, but I'm letting you know don't worry that sometimes you might sleep on the job. Don't worry that sometimes you might not dot all the I's and cross all the T's. You just know that you've been called to an assignment that is greater than you. And the only way that you can do the assignment is to understand who called you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Spirit of the living God, I thank you that in times like this, you remind me of just how good you are. You're good all the time. I pray that these are people who are listening, whether it be a podcast or those who are with us live, continue to grow in blessing, continue to grow in spirit, that you give them the desires of their heart. As they audition for their next assignment, I pray that you would count it as a memorial, every battle that you've already won for them. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done and all that you will do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Thank God and amen. For those of you who are listening in. God bless you. Thank you for being so supportive to our One Ministries podcast. You can go to our website um, oneministries.church and you can um, donate there. Every seed that you give helps us to continue to spread the gospel message as we are doing. We also have um, Cash App and we also have um, PayPal and all of those are accessible. Our Cash App, everything is One Ministries. Our cash app is dollar sign one ministries and our paypal is going to be the link is in the description you all have a blessed day keep us in prayer as god is calling us to greater assignments 
and um, we want to hear from you. Email me at Tillman, T-I-L-L-M-A-N, at oneministries.church, or follow us on our social platforms. Everything is in the link. God bless you all. Have a good day. One Ministry Podcast is a One Ministries production. Need prayer? Want to share a testimony? Or give us feedback? Email us at Tillman at oneministries.church. We thank each of you for supporting us with your listenership. Do not forget to hit subscribe. Pray for us as we continue to build and spread the gospel of God concerning Christ. Do you desire to give? You can do so in a few ways. 1. Our website, oneministries.church, then click Donate. 2. PayPal, oneministries694. 3. Through Cash App, dollar sign one ministries. Thank you. Go and make disciples. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.